Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And this is the podcast for coaches, speakers, and trainers who want to make a difference in the world and want to grow their business. My name is Simone Vincenzi. I'm your host, the co-founder of GTEx, and we turn experts into authorities. Every week, we release one or two episodes. Either is a solo episode where I share some of the behind the scene or what happens in GTEx, or we reveal a case study with a client uh, that achieved great success, or we have an incredible guest like we have today to share what happens in their business, share their value, their expertise, and also some of the things that they do in their business to make things work. So if you're not subscribed yet to the show, make sure you subscribe right now. And before we get started, I introduce our guest for today. I want to remind you that if you haven't downloaded our uh, Ultimate Experts Checklist, then get it right now. Uh, you can find the link in the show notes. And this is a tool for you to assess where you are in your expert business, if you're a coach, a speaker, or a trainer. Because one of the biggest problems that there are, there are in the industry is that people sometimes that are starting out, they're doing what people that have been running their business for 10 years are doing, and then wonder why they don't get results. And some people that have been running their businesses for 10 years, they keep doing the same thing that they did when they were starting out, and then wonder why they don't grow. The, the activities that you do, they, diff, they are different depending on where you are in your business journey. So we have this assessment tool where you can select exactly what they will identify where you are in your business journey and as well point you in the right direction in terms of next action points. So that's the ultimate expert checklist. Make sure you get it. The link is in the show notes. Having said that, it is time to introduce our guest today. Uh, it is the one and only Gavin Preston. Gavin, uh, Gavin is a business growth mentor and strategist with 25 years of experience and track record of helping clients grow and often double their businesses. He's an author of Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale, and Succeed in Business, and the host of the Business Mastermind podcast. Welcome, Gavin. Good to see you here. Thank you so much for having me. Really, really excited to be here, Simone. Uh, so first of all, um, tell me, what is your favorite book? You have, uh, and, by the, yeah, and you must pick by one of the ones that you have behind you, because I can see that you have a very wealthy library there. <laughs> Any favorite you- book there? Yeah, so my favorite book is probably the second book in this whole topic of growth, personal and business growth, which is the the classic Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Um, and then the other one, if I were going to be a cheat, is The Alchemist by Paolo Cahelo. Uh, that is just, uh, I love, love the story, love the cleverness around the way that that's done and very, very memorable. And then, um, yeah, so those two are just stand out. I remember at the time, I've always been uh, a lifelong learner and fascinated by learning and I remember probably 25 years ago thinking I'd like a library <laughs> and I've got one <laughs> it's taken a bit of time to build um over time but actually as well as um as well as the physical books you can see there I'm a massive fan of audible and I, I'm auditory in the, in the learning style so I'm often to the frustration of my two little boys and my wife um to be found with earbuds in listening to a podcast or listening to an audiobook. Ah, uh, same here. I love it. Have you been? Uh, did you catch up on the the clubhouse addiction or? or yeah, I yet? have, and I kind of went through the other side. Uh, so I think I spent. I lost the first three weeks of January, and I realised what am I doing here? I am not actually turning this into uh, to business. And I think when people are at different stages in in their journey, and then for me, it was actually I need to be really 
strategic. So I jump in on two, you know, I'm, I'm big into mergers and acquisitions at the moment and um, you know, we'll touch on that. So there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of rooms I jump in on that and I'm on the panel. So I'm really uh, precise about the rooms that I go in that are going to give me the kind of benefit that I want. I think we, we had a very similar journey. Um, I discovered Clubhouse, uh, I think it was uh, during Christmas holidays. So I, I was on holiday, I wasn't working at all. And I found myself spending like 12 hour a week a 12 hour a day on clubhouse my wife at four o'clock in the morning still being there like it was a family thing and i arrived <laughs> to a point no that not a joke my wife was in the bath in the room in clubhouse i wanted to talk to her i joined the same room <laughs> and when they when they always pulled me up on the stage you say okay what do you have to share i said i would just love to talk to my wife <laughs> because oh, i haven't seen that's unreal <laughs> i love that <laughs> Um, but uh, and then you know at that moment it's got a little out of hand and that moment like we both realized that okay maybe we just need to use it more strategically now we have our i had a saturday stuff, where right? i spent uh, an hour and a half in one room in the morning and then an hour and a half on the other room in the afternoon and i, I tried to devote as much of my weekends as i can to the family and mm -hmm. so both my wife and my boys said look this is not on and it was just like what are you doing gavin so yes <laughs> <laughs> that helped me break the addiction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Gavin, tell us a bit more about uh, you and your journey and uh, what got you passionate about the work that you're doing right now, helping other businesses grow and scale and as well mergers and acquisition. Yeah, so it goes back to the age of 16, really, where the first sort of spark, my dad handed me a book called um, The Success System That Never Fails by W. Clement Stone. And he was a, so it's a US sales book, and he was a big, a big mate of Napoleon Hill. And in um, W. Clement Stone book was the, the famous Napoleon Hill quote, what the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve. And my dad said to me, Gavin, I was doing my GCSE exams in the UK. And he, and he said, um, think about getting nine A's at GCSE and say to yourself 50 times a day, what the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve. And I went, okay, dad. And I did that. And I got my nine A's and it blew my mind. And then that's kind of what sort of triggered this thirst of learning around professional and personal development and growth so whilst I learned around business and I had my formal training and qualification with KPMG as a chartered accountant I was always interested in the bigger picture around strategy around people around improvements of performance in people within business and that took me to um, NLP and spending in the early 2000s four years with Paul McKenna and Michael Breen's UK business partner and Bandler on the business applications of NLP. So that took me into the world of coaching in corporates uh, in the UK and internationally, a lot of high potential individuals to, to really improve their game. And I, it was, I, I started relatively young in the coaching game. You know, I was coaching in the city of London where's a 26 year old and I had to overcome um, my own limiting beliefs about them thinking, well, what's this kid got to be able to help well, I, me? I, thought, I was like, how did I work out? Because uh, like I started my business uh, as a life coach at 22. The irony. <laughs> people that sold me the course, they haven't mentioned that people don't buy life coaching from 23 years old. <laughs> they forgot that part. I had to then figure it out on my own. That's why I then switched to youth coaching. Oh, that brilliant. was a market I could serve better. And that was the start of my company. I was working yeah. about 150 schools every year. Oh, but so how did you overcome the, the fact of like, who is this kid coaching me in particular if in an organization like KPMG or where I'm sure that probably you were providing coaching to people that were 
probably much senior than you or older. Than yeah, well, by this stage, I was out on my own. So I said, by this stage, I ah, was, that on, was my on your own. own. So you were yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I was okay. working um, initially as an associate for other consultancies, but I was still coaching people that were 10, 15 years my uh, senior that were super clever, capable, high, high potentials of the future of, the, uh, of those respective big corporates. And uh, I know it sounds a little bit cliched about I had to sort my own head out first, but I, I had enough conviction about I knew how to run the process. I knew how to coach. And uh, Michael Breen, who I, I learned a heck of a lot for from, he said, you know, Gavin, if you go into your own head and you get start to doubt yourself, you just say to yourself, all the answers you need are right in front of you. And he was meaning about the person, the coachee that you're working with. You know, listen very literally with all of your senses. And, you know, I, re I remember it's a little bit of a, um, a distraction, sort of a, a little bit of a segue, but um, it, he, he it was one situation where this guy, and I'm sure as coaches and professionals, we've had this, where you get a very negative person that says, okay, you coach me. And he sat there with his arms crossed and um, he determined not to be coached. And um, I got to a moment in the coaching conversation and I got a little, I got lost and instead of my internal dialogue going, what am I going to do? I can't do this. I got this Michael Breed's voice that says all the answers you need in front of me. And he'd been talking quite literally about an analogy of a brick wall and, you know, being taught to listen to the symbology of the language that's been used mm -hmm. in the brick wall. And I just went with a hunch that came and said, well, what if we were to kind of get a lever and just wedge up one edge of that brick wall and just take a peek underneath, what would you see? And I just went with my hunch on that. And I got that from just paying attention to what was in front of me. And that just uh, unleashed a rich vein of conversation that by the end of um, the conversation, I had the comment that I'm sure many uh, you've had, many of the listeners and watchers have had, which is, oh, that was much better than I expected it to be. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I had I just had to, I just had to be confident in my knowledge that I knew what I was talking about. You know, there, there, there was a time um, I did a lot. Of, I have done a lot of work over the last 12 years with HSBC Bank and I was high up in Canary Wharf at a private dinner with the then head of commercial banking, the deputy head of commercial banking and um, their senior people. And I was being asked for an opinion about something. And it's so easy in that moment to go, well, I'm not a, I'm not a banker, you know, I'm not a, a you know, a, a city of London, you know, stock exchange whiz, but I just thought I know how to coach. I've had a very strong educational background in KPMG and beyond. I have got the smarts to be able to keep up and add value. And um, I walked away from that conversation, recognizing that I had added a lot of value. And so much of it was about trusting the innate education to date and the innate ability that I have. Mm. Uh, it is a, it is a journey. Like I remember when I, when I started, I did about I think two hundred coaching sessions for free, and that what gave me the confidence because I would take in I was gonna uh, then would take note of every single testimonial that a client left me. So then whenever I was going to meet a new client, I had this folder with me all the time, and uh, someone said, "So why should I work with you?" It's like, "Oh, well, like you're just a kid." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> here's the book. It's like two hundred pages and then I put like every testimony in one single page so then you have like 200 pages of reviews that even if they were not reading them there was like okay now this person know what they're doing and, and I think also there's a piece about being match fit there that you because you've done so many of those coaching sessions then you, you know you know then you know it's like okay no I'm good and you own it which is also sometimes what 
people are doing is that they want to run before they can walk. It's like they never done a coaching session in their life or they never mentored someone and they go straight into the hype of you need to, to get a high ticket clients. I'm like, become good at what you do first and build your confidence in yourself. And then totally. you will not have a problem to charge high ticket prices because it will be in you. Um, uh, what I want to talk to you now is, uh, so what, uh, uh, what made you, uh, like the work, tell us a bit more about the work that you're doing now and uh, yeah, businesses so and, and so yeah. on. So I, what I, I do is I help people scale and grow their businesses. So whether they're six for good to go to seven or seven to go to eight, um, I usually work with people have hit a plateau. They've had growth. They've hit plateau and they don't know what to get back into growth. So I work with them developing the strategy and providing the mentoring and the accountability to really accelerate that growth and, you know, map out how they can double a business in a year or less, for example, equally, I'm really fascinated and into and, and, and spending a good amount of time, probably about 50% of my time in the mergers and acquisition space. So how can I, migrate and it will come onto the conversation that we talk about balance sheet and building the value of your business how can i um, migrate from time for money to have built equity stakes in businesses applying the same skill but for greater for greater short-term and long-term reward awesome so let's talk about that let's dive deep into the real value or the real hidden value that there is in a business uh tell it where where is this value? <laughs> so where do you find really valuable in the business? Yeah, I think I'll answer it in two ways. I'll answer it by telling you the journey that most people in their business don't go on, where they, which they should do, and also about my own personal journey through that. So a lot of people um, manage their business irrespective of sector on the amount of cash they've got in the bank, and if they're running short on cash, they go out and sell, you know, win some more business. Next stage on that, they go from cash management to profit management. They look at the profitability of the business. But the the third step that not as many businesses think about is balance sheet. And in terms of that is how do you build assets in your business? And those assets in your business could be the intellectual property. You know, like, for example, you mentioned my book, you know, I mentioned a podcast. Those are assets, digital assets for your business and physical assets for your business that has your intellectual property in that can be going and promoting you and and creating a leveraged effect and multiplying effect on on your work. Uh, Digital courses, um, YouTube videos. Everybody listening to this and watching this will be very, very familiar with that kind of suite of, you know, online and offline courses and and, and workbook type materials as, as all being assets for your business. But I think where my mistake, you know, my journey it's so easy that for you to start off, well, I, I started off in the realm of the world of consultants who pitched pieces of work of which there was either a leadership or a coaching comp- a component and they sold a program of coaching, for example. Yeah. And so it's so that was ingrained in me early in my career. So and, and then it was further reinforced in the way that an accountancy firm would pitch and secure a program of work, that that just became my way of doing it rather than earlier on thinking, well, what assets do I want to create and how do I actually grow the fixed assets of the balance sheet, the intellectual property, the balance sheet and products that I can sell that. Because ultimately, the biggest challenge that we've got as an an expert business is when we decide to stop, as Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi say, being dancing bears, 
when we decide to stop being dancing bears, is there any value in the business? How do you earn any revenue? Mm -hmm. And it's the people that you brought in that are equally adept at uh, implementing your your IP, your system, your coaching approach, your training approach, your training model that can carry on. It's the licensing of that training model that you've yeah. done. It's the books and resources. So, you know, um, this, this isn't uh, new to a lot of people, but certainly... 20 years ago, I wish I'd started on that journey earlier instead of building those assets. And the other thing that I also found I had um, a challenge with was always swapping time for money. So I would take on more and more work, get more and more fully booked uh, to the point of burnout. And, um, and then the other thing that would happen would be I'd help clients achieve some phenomenal changes of, in their business that transform their business fortunes, their personal wealth, their family life, etc. cetera, uh, all for the better. And then they'd go, thanks, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Cheers, yeah. mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. I've done it. And so then you started off all over again. So I actually saw in some cases my clients um, doing better off their, their, my input in their business and lives than I was doing off that. Mm. So I wanted to find a way of um, creating stakes, getting stakes in businesses so I could get a leveraged effect from the equity. So I could still put my time in. And in some cases that would be sweat equity. In some cases that's with a still with a fee. Um, but then I'm creating a leveraged effect in that business to help yeah. grow the valuation. And the focus on the coaching isn't then just about helping you be a better CEO. CEO. That focus on the coaching is how do we grow the valuation of this business so that in three, four, however, five, how many years time when you want to sell, your business is worth more money. And then you have also an active stake in the business, like you get a share yeah. as well. Yeah. That's yes, a business absolutely. model. That you, absolutely. That and so, so and, and now we're also making use of um, a really powerful software tool that can enable uh, to quantify the elements of the strategic in interventions. So one of the hardest things around coaching is to take something that's, you know, a little bit amorphous and intangible and make it tangible. Mm -hmm. And so we've invested in a tool that enables us to be able to say that if we implemented each of these different strategies that go 40 levels deep within a business, and you just made an incremental percentage increase, two, 3% increase on each of those areas, yeah. this is the impact cumulatively it's going to have on revenue and on profit. And then you can demonstrate an ROI against of your coaching. And against what's, that. what's the name of the tool that you mentioned? Yeah, it's called the Profit Acceleration Software, and you know, I'm, I work with coaches to help them bring that on board. Um, it, it's it's a very it's a very powerful tool, and it, it's a top tip really in terms of transforming the business. And uh, if anybody's interested in finding out more about me, then uh, for more about that, then just you know, drop me an email, and uh, I'll give details at the end. So um, that's the Profit Acceleration Software. We're going to talk uh, probably a bit more about it at the end about that, but uh, it is uh, like a lot. I love uh, if you're following the thread here. Um, on leveraging your time because you arrive at a point where your business and your personal brand has value until you speak, until you coach, until you're there. There are a lot of people that have tried to say, okay, like I take a business which is heavily based on a personal brand and moved into a company brand. Either it's a long transition to make because now you need to basically change all the perception that the company has or your clients and depending on how many years you've been going through it's a different game well then you can leverage the time the money and the income that you are making with your coaching and speaking business and as well either invest in other companies like we are doing like we have about uh, at the moment eight companies 
that are part of our investment portfolio. So we started with GTEx, and then now we have GTEx Future Visions, which is our investment company, which also owns a percentage of GTEx and the other companies that we have invested in, in different fields. And that's a way in which we can leverage the work that we are doing. And also about the creation of intellectual property that you mentioned. Uh, these are assets that uh, the blog post that you're writing, the podcast that you create, the content that you make, the case studies that you produce of your clients and so on. Those are all things that add value to your business. Because even if you're not, actually, Gavin, what would you say to someone that says right now, oh yeah, that sounds great, but uh, I don't want to sell my business. I uh, Why do so, I need to do this? I don't want to sell it. So like, my question, my question, you know, in true coaching style would be um, at the point when you um, want to stop doing the coaching or doing as many days or coaching sessions, where else are you going to get income from? So what have you put it into? A, have you invested in a pension? Have you invested in a property? Have you got something that could sell? Because a lot of people in the expert business, as soon as they stop turning up to deliver, they have no, they have a stop in their revenue. And, and I would, I want to add something on, on top of that. So one is, uh, what would you do? Like, what's your backup plan? Because otherwise mm -hmm. you'll find yourself in your 80s or 70s still delivering. And it's fine if you, if you still want to, but it's a difference between wanting to and having to. For sure. That's, that's a different thing. And the other part is that you will exit that whether you like it or not. One day you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, or you could have an accident or an illness. And goodness me, the last year has shown us about that. So exit is going to be there whether you like it or not. So what's going to happen to the business, either it dies with you or something happens. And sorry if I brought the news, but yes, one day we're all going to die. Oh, like we <laughs> didn't know. And, uh, uh, and that's how, because I remember at the beginning, I didn't like, I don't have any intention to sell GTEx like this business, no intention to exit, no intention to sell. And from the beginning, I was like, yeah, but, I don't need to build all this other stuff. Fortunately, my business partner thinks in a different ways. And he made me think, it's like, one day you're going to die. So what are we going to do? Huh? <laughs> you have a very good point there. So can you give us some more of the elements uh, or uh, some of the things that you're doing in your business to build these kind of assets and what these assets yeah. categories are? So, so in, in the coaching practice, you know, what, what I'm doing is I'm, you know, I've obviously written and published a book um i think 200 and I've, well I've, I've recorded now something in the region of 240 episodes but published about 212 episodes of my podcast um so those are assets that have cre created in the book um J joint ventures have been a massive you know partnerships have been a massive strategy for me that's worked very well i've had a long-standing partnership with uh hsbc business and commercial bank in the uk which has seen me doing two-year national speaking tours with them and now i'm doing much more ad hoc than an organized national speaking tool but i am still speaking in front of their customers on zoom on a regular basis providing value that generates that generates leads and puts them into coaching programs and then participating in and bringing tools in such as the profit acceleration software uh, and and building a team of coaches underneath me that can go out there and deliver um, the work with clients so it's not just dependent upon me turning up and doing all the delivery and for 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 a long time because I, I love it and I wanted to just do it but I recognized that 
I need to create a leverage effect now. So one of the first questions at the front of my head is all the time is what can I do to leverage this? Mm -hmm. That's a, a great question to ask. Like, what can I do to leverage this? What can I do to leverage this? What can I do to leverage this? And every time you create something or you're going into a business partnership, that's a great question to ask. And uh, there is uh, also Ben Chai, uh, who is, uh, who's an investor and he uh, mentioned here on Facebook that like he made more income from a tiny percentages in other people's companies. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that that's a some like a business model that can work in particular if you have a, like if you are a coach and consultant and you work with businesses for the work that you do with the business owner taking an equity exchange. Now you're having. A, no, and that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm taking small percentages in those businesses and providing a huge amount of value that's growing that's growing the business, that's growing the equity of that business, growing the balance sheet. And, and, so and also helping... Do you get then paid dividends or do you get paid on exit? Well, both. And yeah, it, both. What I'm helping them do as well is keeping the mind on when will their exit be, for how much, for them to plan, plan what kind of passive income do they need after that, but also what are the things that can be done between now and then in order to maximize the valuation on exit? What are the things that we need to do around systems, around processes, around succession, around protection and legal protection of IP, for example? What are the things that need to be doing around building out um, um, efficiencies in, in, in not only the profit and loss account, but also building out, um, reducing risk for an investor so you can increase the multiple uh, that's applied to the EBITDA on sale? And, you know, this is... As a, a, this is an in-depth area, but it's a fascinating area. And for me, it's a natural extension to the coaching work, the KPMG work and all the strategy work that I've been doing to be able to apply it but in a leveraged way by taking a stake in I'm people's curious, business. I'm like, curious, what if someone is, let's say someone, uh, like, I think this can be applied very well to business coaches that have uh, like a background that they understand company, they understand growth and scaling, they understand businesses. That's a great business model. If someone is interesting, is listening right now, you have not applied it, explore it. It works. <laughs> I'll leave it there. But if someone, let's say, I am a, like a, a health coach, mm -hmm. I'm a life coach, and not necessarily have that expertise on growing and scaling businesses to then get this kind of equity exchange, is there something that they could do that could, yeah, well, from your experience? I'll give you sort of two distinct answers from that. The first one is they could obviously create an online program. They could create digital assets that they could sell globally. And of course, you know, you only have to just see like, was it Teddy Robbins UPW? They did virtually over this last weekend that he had 30,000 people registered, but 70,000 people, I think they reckon when they added everybody up in the rooms and in individuals' houses, the digital reach globally is so much wider than it was yeah. more people coming online every year so you you can create that but the other mechanism that i would encourage you to take a great book another recommendation is um profit first i'm sure you've heard of it um by oh mike my god it's yes. just such a brilliantly clever book and it's a book that um i can't believe it wasn't written until the time it was written but um it just works and that discipline about Take, creating different pots of money. So as talk, 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 talk a bit more about profit first. How does it work? So then people can have it because I can, I can go on and on about profit first. It's just like transformed our business and we implement that system in every, like we will not invest in a business if they don't, if like one of the prerogative for us, we're going to become business partner with you. 
if you implement profit first that's how important yeah. it is for us so can you yeah. t- tell us a bit more about profit first and like th- like the basics because there are different layers so, so, to it yeah there are so just as a basic introduction what most people in their business they pay themselves last so they'll pay their, their employees they pay the suppliers but the last person to get paid is themselves and ultimately if there's not enough money left to pay themselves they don't take any money out of the business um, that money that they do then have and take out they may well then spend it on a new car or holidays or whatever and so there's nothing around saving about building assets or etc et so what the the profit first mike michalowicz's book talks about he switches it on his head and say right you're going to take out a certain percentage of that profit from your business for yourself first you're going to put it aside in a separate bank account a separate deposit account and then you work out a percentage, how much you need on tax, how much you need to pay suppliers, how much you need to pay, make payroll. And if you haven't got enough money to make payroll, there is no way that you would not make payroll. So you then go out there, win more business and drive more money through the system down to the pipeline with those different percentages. So you might start off in a business and you might ultimately start off with say, I'm going to just take 1% off as profit. And then I might need 70% in operational expenses. And I might need to keep 20% to one side as tax, but you start to put money in a really disciplined automated fashion into these different accounts. And then you start to fine tune the amount of profit percentage so that you grow your profit as you create more efficiency, you grow your profitability, your profit percentage to 5%, 10%, whatever that you can sustain. It is a like I don't know if you ever came across a, you know like the jar method of personal finances, right? Yes, yes, sure. It, it is a, for everyone who's listening. It's like the same personal finance principle that you can find in the books of T.R. Becker or a lot of books that they teach about personal finances of allocating money and percentages in different buckets. You do that with your business to make sure that you always get paid and to make sure that you always have profits. And uh, it is fascinating because like if you follow that system, you will always have money. Like the only times where we had financial problems within GTEx is when we never followed that model. Like when we didn't follow that model, the cash flow was all over the place. Like we couldn't track anything. We 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 would have profits at the end of the year showing in the accounts, and it's like, where's the money gone? We actually don't have this money. While following that model, you always have money, and like I remember, I know sometimes like if people think, oh, I just need a bigger business, and my problems are going to be solved. But with a bigger business, you're also talking about bigger numbers about everything. Like I remember once we had to pay a twenty-five grand VAT bill. And we don't need to have the 25 grand in the account. That's not a good conversation to have that, with a taxman. No, and that, <laughs> and that was one of the starting points I would have in a lot of businesses. Are you at least doing one account, which you're saving up for your VAT, you're putting money aside for your VAT. So you immediately take 20% off your revenue, off your invoices and put it to one side. Obviously, you're going to have input tax. You're going to take off that to reduce that, but you've then got a contribution towards your corporation tax bill. So yes, that that, that was the one of the things I looked to straight, do straight away with any business that's having cash flow challenges. You need to get keep the money to one side for VAT. Keep the money for one side for bad. Keep the money for one side for profits for your salary. Oh, yes. Be- yep. Because you are the most valuable employee of the business. Yeah. If you don't get paid, like I think, actually, what would you say to people that, uh, you know, they have the, that kind of the martyr syndrome? Um, and when I say the martyr syndrome is they pay themselves last. They always think provide about the business first and so on, which is in a way, 
logically makes sense. I'm here on the business owner. I'm there to provide for everyone else. What, what would you say to that situation? It, it, it's, a, it's an oft used response or arguably overused, but it's the aircraft safety briefing analogy. Put your own oxygen mask on first before helping somebody else. You know, if you're going to carry on sh- putting the time and the energy into your business, making the sacrifices that are implicit within running your own business, taking the risks, you need to be rejuvenated in some way. And it's not, yes, it's not just about finances, but if you've got a level of stress about paying your mortgage or your rent and you're not even being able to afford to go on a holiday and stuff to recharge your own batteries, then what are you doing it for? And I think there's a lot of business owners end up, if they were going for into an employment, they wouldn't work for the day, the hourly rate that they end up working in their own business, the amount of hours that they put in. And I just don't think that um, you should settle for that. You're worth more than that. And one of the ways to drive up the amount of money you take out is to put it one side, and then you're forced to generate the income to cover the rest of the bills. Was there a moment uh, in your life where you had to implement it, where you were like, actually, my hourly rate is not worth that. This is not working. Um, can you tell us something more personal around how did this yeah i had i had a situation where earlier 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 on much earlier on in my career um i had um accumulated some credit card debt i did a whole cheap a heap of property trading at the time where they said hey go and rack up your credit card limits and then you can spend stuff on credit card debt and i got yes i I got very uh, focused on investing a lot in my training and development which was good and had a return on it but the credit card debt amount uh, amassed and um, then i went through a divorce and that cost me money and then i found myself in uh, a situation where i had a hundred thousand pounds worth of credit card debt which was an awful bad hill to situation to find and um then what I, I had is I, I took a loan from actually my brother um, and we managed to not to move it from like uh, 25% interest to, to two, 3% interest with my brother. And then I just worked really, really hard to pay that down. But one of the things I did manage was that whole idea about those different buckets Um I just got cash envelopes out. So I took cash out. This is my family budget. So there's a, there's a certain amount of money that I need for, 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 for groceries, a certain amount of money for, for, for day-to-day stuff, like grabbing a coffee, grabbing a sandwich while I was out and about certain amount of money that I could spend on presents and clothes or whatever. And what was in that envelope in cash was what had to last me to the end of the month. And there's something about when you're dealing with cash as opposed to just now just slapping your card and contactless when you just don't get that part, that sensation of spending. That discipline really helped me. And I actually cleared down the debt in something under just under two and a half years. But Wow. That's a very short time. Uh, and uh, I think this is a great message for everyone who is watching or listening right now that uh, is in a financial situation where it's like, oh my God, like I got so much debt right now. Um, and following this piece of advice uh, that can transform like your life completely. And uh, and, and the, the thing, you, you, yes, the mountain may well be a big one to climb, but don't give up. You can find a way. There are mechanisms to you know you might you, you might be able to um, you know swap the consolidate the debt, swap it, put it on lower interest rate. There's all sorts of strategies like that. But just really careful managing of your spend and this day and age how many subscriptions how many apps have we you know did an in-app upgrade and and we've got five pound going out here and 15 pound going out there just going through your bank statements and just saying just being really careful about what you're spending money on and that's it that's that's an awesome thing like every every year um uh, my business partner and i would just like sit down 
<laughs> print all our bank statements, PayPal statements, and so on, and the circle, different markers. Like it is, it is somewhat therapeutic actually. Going there, different markers, and see which one are bring which expenses that we have that are bringing money to the business. The ones that are necessary to run the business and some of the ones that they are like a nice to have to run the business and see if we have to drop them or there is something more affordable or there is a negotiation that we can put or we can cancel. Them. I've started so, to be really more proactive on price comparison websites. So car, personal car insurance, I just accept the quote for renewal because I was busy and I wouldn't right. even look, you know, just this week, I just went onto a price comparison website, found another quote that was £150 cheaper. So I went for that and I'm doing the same on utility bills. And it, it, it's just being more careful about the spend as well as being focused on how you uh, allocate the income. Great. So yeah, Great recommend Mike advice. Mike Michalowicz, Profit First, phenomenal book. Incredible, incredible book. Uh, now we are moving to the final part of the interview, uh, talking about lifting the veil. And uh, that's the part where we ask our guests to share a tip or a book or an app, something that you are using right now that makes your personal life or business better. Uh, what's that for you, Gavin? Um, it's really prioritizing the mindset piece of a morning routine. So I've always loved my exercise um, and I'll get up, do the exercise in the morning. And then if there was time before the kids woke up and needed to be got to school, I would do the mindset stuff and I switch it around now. And um, so I'm, I, I create a little bit of a hybrid where I am visualizing my goals. So I have a track of music that works for me and I'm listening and visualizing my goals. Um, I'm doing a little bit of a section of Tony Robbins priming on the YouTube. So just Google Tony Robbins priming and I do the gratitude piece, um, uh, the cleansing piece and, and then the visualization piece, which works for me. Uh, and then I've got an identity statement. So this is the, the this is the future version, you know, Gavin 2.0, 3.0 that I'm growing into and I'm reading that out. Um, an app that has helped me with that uh, identity statement and reading it out is called Think Up think up um and that basically means you can record affirmations or statements part sentences of your at your um of your um uh, identity statement and then that you can set that to music and then you can listen to that so after yeah. i've done that i um, i've got a peloton bike i'm a massive fan of the peloton so i'll jump on the bike and just as i'm warming up I've, i'm listening to some of the the mindset stuff as well Oh, I love them. Taking notes, we're putting the show notes, uh, the Think Up app, and uh, uh, that's uh, some never heard that, about that before. Yeah, it's so, got it's an it's an orange it's an orange um, icon with a like a bit of a leaf on it. I would hold it up to screen, but my uh, three year olds just nicked my phone, so <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Uh, and that, that, from what I'm understanding, like you're recording your affirmation, your statements, yes. and then it automatically, like you can select a background track. Correct. You listen to your affirmation into your own voice. Correct. Very powerful. We like that. So tip here, prioritize your mindset piece before your before anything else. Yeah, you do otherwise, because it, it is mission critical. So I'll do that at least five days a week. And um, I found that's really helped me uh, a significant amount. All right, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Gavin. Uh, so before we wrap up, what is the, uh, uh, 
how can people reach out to you if someone wants to connect with you and work with you? What's the best way? Yeah, so if you want to find out more about the book, um, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, go to surviveandthrive.cc. Um, the, I'll give you the book. You just cover the postage and packaging. So um, that, that's there for you. And there's, you can also grab yourself an audio book if, like me, you you love the audio uh, domain. And then if you want to find out more about what I do, check out the Business Mastermind podcast or reach out to me at gavinpreston.com. Awesome. So all the details are going to be in the show notes. So make sure you scroll down, uh, contact Gavin, and uh, let us know, like send us a message with, uh, in particular, Gavin, um, what is something that you've learned from this interview and do it right now? What is something that you've learned from this interview that you're going to implement and you're going to apply? Or maybe something that really stood out for you. Now, sometimes we do all this, a lot of these interviews and uh, as a guest as well, we don't know the impact that you are making. And so if you let Gavin know, I'm sure he will appreciate it. And then uh, make sure you get his book. Uh, To wrap up the conversation, Gavin. So if we were to wrap up now the conversation that we had today in a minute, I'll leave it the moment over to you. What would you say? How can we wrap up this conversation here? You know, in the um, Stephen Covey's Seven Highlights of Habits of Highly Effective People says, begin with the end in mind. Within your business, within your coaching practice, your expert business, what what's the end game? Is it an exit? How much do you need to to live off comfortably in your retirement? Start working backwards from that point in terms of building assets in your business that have a value that either you can sell or you can license that can provide you with an income. And then the income that you bring in from your activities in your business, what other assets? whether that be property or the stock market or wherever or the commodities can you invest in again so that you can generate other streams of income that will see you into a comfortable retirement that's awesome ladies and gentlemen gavin preston thank you very much for being with us gavin really appreciate it it was a brilliant interview oh thank you so much for having me it's been great i loved it All right. Thank you very much, people, for uh, listening or watching to the show. If you're not subscribed yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button now. Uh, And if you enjoy the episode, uh, then uh, leave us a review. Uh, Reviews are the lifeblood of the show. Uh, They make the show better. Uh, It helps us with our ranking, to be honest. uh, And uh, it helps us also with the work. So if you enjoy the interview and you want to return the favor, then uh, leave us a review. And also it helps meet my ego. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like to receive good reviews. What can I say? Having said that, I'll see you next time for another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. 
Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.